Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tokyo on Fire. Today is February 14th, 2017. You are watching Tokyo on Fire. Defense Minister Inada was grilled on the diet floor this week about the participation of the self-defense forces in the South Sudan. Today, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Michael Chuchek. We have a special guest today, Bulhan Hershey, who is the acting representative of the Federal Republic of Somalia. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. We're going to talk about what's going on in the South Sudan, why the PKO forces are there, what's the controversy, what's the meaning of in combat that is the source of the controversy on the diet floor. Michael, you watched the proceedings. She's in a little bit of hot water because she's not really clear on what she's trying to say. Well, she's clearly not trying to, to not say things that are problematic. And in the, the legislation that allows the SDF to be in the South Sudan, there is this concept that they cannot be in a combat zone, mm -hmm. that there cannot be combat going on. And so she's had to dance around the word combat and not use it. And when she's been asked to provide physical evidence, what they've been providing in the diet mm -hmm. are all these blacked out pages where you don't know what was written there. They, you get you can see the maps, you can see the graphs, but what, but what the words were that the SDF on the ground were using to describe what was going on, those are all blacked out for security purposes. This is a huge issue because typically the self-defense forces have been contained within Japan. This is the first example of the self-defense forces being stationed outside of the country. Well, the self-defense forces not being stationed so much, but, it, but in a situation where there is a serious breakdown of local order. Even when they were in Iraq, uh, the, they were, first of all, surrounded by either Dutch or Australian uh, forces, but also they were in the most peaceful part of Iraq. Here, there is a general breakdown of order in Juba. And the SDF... This is, this is supposed to be a test case for them under the new rules. Mm -hmm. But the SDF has been in that entire region, as uh, Mr. Hershey will tell you, for quite some time uh, and been active there. Mm -hmm. And maybe we'd like to just bring him in at this sure. point. Sure. You know, it's a kind of a confusing situation. Why is the SDF in the South Sudan? What is their role there? They're peacekeeping, but a lot of the Japanese really are not that concerned about the implications there, and you've been watching, you're involved in the program. Yes, that's right. Um, a lot of people are talking about South Sudan, but we have to also go back uh, 2007, 2008, 2009. There has been a lot of discussion of changing Article 9. Mm -hmm. And uh, Japan has a military base that a lot of people don't know in Djibouti. And the reason why that base was open and why SDF was sent abroad was because of the issue of Somali pirates. Initially, that's what, that was the excuse, wasn't it? That was the reason, main reason to combat Somali pirates. Not only uh, Japan, but also uh, now you have uh, 40 nations participating in uh, that uh, so-called war on piracy mm -hmm. of the Somali coast. And Chinese also built a new base next to the Japanese in Djibouti. The French had it, the German had it. So we have to look the uh, bigger picture. Why Sudan? Because the Chinese already are involved. 40% mm -hmm. of the uh, South Sudan's oil is uh, owned by the CPCC and Sinopec. 75% of the oil Sudan is controlled by the Chinese. Uh, South Sudan army was trained and built by the Chinese. So there is a competition. 
mm. uh, happening there. Also, the Chinese are there to protect their interests, not only South Sudan, but also Ethiopia, a landlocked country. Now they built railroad from Djibouti to Addis Ababa. And there's also other plans where Sudan, South Sudan, uh, Uganda, Kenya, Ethiopia, to bring pipe to uh, Malindi, which is uh, a coastal city uh, near Somali border in Kenya. And the contract was given to the Chinese. So there's a lot of competition uh, happening there. So it's a, it's a, it's a Japan-China competition? Competition, yes, and it's mostly uh, uh, resources. Well, this isn't the first time that this sort of battle for, for dominance has happened. I mean, this has been going on for thousands of years. Yes, yes. Right? It, it, is, it is also very clear when you look at the, the, just the issue of Somali pirates. Um, we, they are, as, as I mentioned, 40 most powerful countries in the world, the whole EU. And there hasn't been any pirate activity uh, last five years now in mm -hmm. Somalia. And uh, issue of pirates itself, is it only happening in Somalia? No, Malacca Strait, you have more pirate activities than Somalia. You don't hear about zero, that. Zero news. Right. Uh, West Africa has more pirate activities than Somalia. Mm -hmm. Why Somalia? Why, no, don't, why don't we talk about these other regions? Right. And this is a question that needs to be asked. Let, let's talk a little bit about that because I think... A Tom Hanks is still mad at you guys for what you did with the ship. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the issue of Somali piracy only emerged maybe 15 years ago. And I think it started because the Chinese were overfishing the area. They were kind of coming in with trawlers and, and just kind of uh, sweeping all of the food stocks out of there. Yeah. Well, it's not only the Chinese. Um, Japan is also not innocent in this case. Uh, EU is part of the game. Um, we need to talk about the root causes of Somali pirates. Okay. Why it's all started. We only talk about, let's stop the Somali pirates. Mm -hmm. The root cause of Somali pirates is very clear. Illegal fishing. And it's still taking place. And also toxic waste, nuclear waste dumping, which has been well documented by the uh, United Nations Environmental uh, Program, uh, the former uh, the UN envoy to Somalia, they all documented and reported that this is the root causes. Right. But a lot of people are trying to plan I because they are complicit in the matter. And, and the reason people are able to do the illegal fishing, the illegal dumping, is because the Somalia state is really, it's just teetering on the brink of collapse. They don't have territory forces to police the area. They don't have the ships and the vessels. They don't even have a central government that is strong enough to project any kind of power and protect. Mm -hmm. And when they say, um, uh, for example, the EU says, you know, you, you complain about um, dumping, you know, show us the evidence. You don't mm -hmm. even have the, the technology and the advanced um, equipment to be able to show that. And that's correct. But also, um, so let's look Somalia. Yeah? Somalia is called a failed state. Yeah. But in reality, what has failed here? International community failed. It's kind of, kind of an insult to say Somali people failed. Somali people have been very resilient. They uh, endured uh, famine, civil war, disasters, and so forth. Mm -hmm. To say Somalis have failed is not uh, correct to say no, this. But, but also, in this case... Uh, Two-thirds of Somalia has always been peaceful. Northern part of Somalia, an area called Somaliland, and another region called Puntland. Mm -hmm. There has not been, been war. The so war in Somalia has been only the south. Why are we only concentrating only the south part mm -hmm. of Somalia? Yes, we had a central government. Central government collapsed. Um, we lost also our uh, navy, coastal uh, guards, uh, could not patrol Somali uh, coast. 
and we're talking about the size of Somali coast, is the same size as the entire Western Europe. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so difficult, these navies patrolling to stop Somalia. It's got the longest coastline of any country in Africa, 3, doesn't it? 3,300 kilometers right. long, yes. So instead of uh, saying, let's help And, build and no Somalia, effective policing. No effective policing. And, uh, you know, once uh, the pirates are capture a vessel, it's too late. They can mm-hmm. do nothing. They have to pay the ransom. Right. But uh, why there is a reduction of Somali pirates recently, international community claimed that they did it a great job. But in reality, it's not. The Somali people had a very simple agenda, which was the Somali pirates issue is not a big issue. It can be stopped. And what we did is to have a observation points. We know which village these young people departure, and we put police before they depart, we arrest them. Mm-hmm. And after they get ransom, we also arrest them. Uh-huh. As was the end of the story. But we asking them, help us to build our Navy. Help us to build our Coast Guard. Give us $5 million instead of spending $20 billion. Right. But now these anti-Paris groups, there is a group uh, called Djibouti Conduct Group. 21 nations are member of it. They all receive assistance, boats, training, everything, except Somali. Mm-hmm. And we haven't received any boat yet. C- can we back up just a little bit? Excuse sure, me, Michael. Sure, I know that, yeah. Why has it become a meme? Why is it easy or attractive for people to criticize Somalia? It used to be it was the most democratic of all African nations. It's the only nation that had a smooth transition of power when the president lost the transition of power in Africa. Mm. It's got a completely uh, unique and rich history, the culture, the people. It's... How come all of a sudden people like to lean on Somalia as, you know, the, the bad guy? Well, Somalia, with our, you know, um, uh, geopolitical location, very important, we became a victim of the Cold War. Mm-hmm. We get squeezed between two powerful uh, pacts, uh, NATO and the Warsaw. Each one wants to dominate the Somali region to have a military basis and so forth. Right. And also, historically, we had... Um, uh, neighboring countries, um, the British drew the map, half of Somalis in Ethiopia, another part of Somalis in Kenya, and so forth. So we actually, um, our previous governments also tried to support African, the so-called Pan-Africanism, where we sent troops to support Angola, Mozambique, and other colonials, in, in, even Djibouti, and so forth. So we had too many enemies mm-hmm. and very little support from the other countries. Mm-hmm. Even Africans never support Somalia, the Arabs never support Somalia. So we are uh, left alone by our own destiny. You, the country became independent in 1961, is that right? 60. In 1960. Yeah. And they fell into the Soviet sphere. I mean, there was a, a kind of a, a, a period there where who's going to give us the most investment, who's going to de- help us develop the country. The Soviets came in better. Yes. They voted with the, the Soviets, and then as a pawn, they were kind of given up. We'll, we'll forget about Somalia and the, the United States and the Soviet Union. Cut a deal. Cut a deal, exactly. That's what happened. And also, 1977, there was a, a massive war outbreak Somalia region, uh, Ogaden in Ethiopia and Somalia, where the Soviet, the whole Warsaw, were fighting against Somalia. The Cubans, Fidel Castro, and 1,500 troops, Yemenis, the Libyans, and so forth. But the West watched. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a start of the collapse of the Somali government and Somali army. We had the second largest army in Africa in 1970s. 
uh, we were self-sufficient nation. And also, you remember Somalia, we have the fifth oil deposit in the world, which many um, companies still claiming to have the concessions, even though there has been forced mature a long period of time. So what's happening in South Sudan is also It's similar. not a failed state. I mean, you it's, it's, a, it's a food basket, isn't it? It is a, uh, not a failed state. Somalia actually is doing better than uh, Syria. Somalia is doing better than Yemen. We are receiving 500 refugees every month from Yemen, which is a neighboring country, and you hardly hear about Somalia. Mm-hmm. That's why I was saying two-thirds of Somalia has always been peaceful. Right. Why don't we um, um, help uh, build Somalia through that? And you saw also last week election. Right. You were saying the last week everybody said the most corrupt in the nation in the world, but the least corrupt president was elected peacefully. Mm-hmm. So we have a, a great opportunity here to either support Somalia or leave it Somalia to itself. So too many intervention is the problem. That's yeah. my. Right. And this is also what's happening in South Sudan and the whole region. Which brings up two questions that I have based on what you said. You said that Japan's hands are not. In t- not, not, that wasn't what you said. Not that they're not clean, but Japan is not innocent. That was it. Yeah. And that, that all. And then also that you are still in a game, in a great game that is being played there. Yeah. Well, what, I know you can't say directly anything mm. bad about anyone in Japan yeah, since no, you're no, a representative no, no. What here. What I say is not clean. What I mean the issue of the illegal fishing. Japan is the largest fish consumer of the world. The biggest fish market is here. Um, they are uh, uh, they are not innocent in the matter of you know l- looting Somali natural uh, resources, and um, in the case of Mr. Kimura, well known sushi zamai, right? Um, he openly claims that he is the man who stopped all the Somali pirates because he invested, he trained them, he gave them jobs, which none of it is true. Mm-hmm. And uh, these kind of issues are very dangerous because Somali people are aware of uh, the looting. We are actually now uh, using a, um, a satellite tracking, knowing what uh, boat is entering Somali territorial sea, what country they belong to. And now there's a process of documenting and one day it will take to the international court right. to pay the price. Yeah. Let's talk about the South Sudan. Yeah, and, 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 and the great game which Japan and China are playing there. I mean, you're here in Tokyo, and, and when you interact with Japan's diplomats or, Japan, or other diplomats here, you know, what is the story that you're trying to tell? I mean, you ha- you're in a very delicate position. Well, Japan, uh, Abe, uh, last, um, I think it was uh, August, it was a ticket, a Tokyo International uh, African uh, right. ticket in Nairobi, Kenya. Japan is trying to compete and invest in Africa. But uh, they come in late because the Chinese have been uh, involved in Africa for a very, very long time. And also they have been very... Um, they don't get involved in the politics of the nation. Japan has uh, uh, very strict rules when it comes to aid and supporting. They have to be democratic, they have to be peaceful, and so the Chinese doesn't care. China will go and say, we want to invest, we have interest here, they put the money, and they don't touch the, 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 the internal uh, politics of mm-hmm. that country. And um, Ethiopia uh, is a landlocked country, the fast-growing economy, 10%. Ethiopia, uh, can, uh, China has invested heavily. 
Uh, they build railroad. They own. This is the only country in Africa that I know that has a subway, trains running, owned by the Chinese, built by the Chinese, African Union headquarters built by the Chinese, invested by the Chinese, and so forth. Mm -hmm. So Japan has. And it will pass Japan in terms of population around the year twenty forty. Yeah, it will become it will become a big a larger country than than Japan. So it's 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 a major source. Yeah, and one million Chinese are living now in Africa. Over one million people. So that's a large number. That's a lot of Chinese That's restaurants. That's a lot of Chinese, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> An investment, yeah. 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 So even, even if you look at the 2014 alone, uh, China invested more than $30 billion in, in, in uh, infrastructure in Africa. That's a, that we're talking about big money. Ethiopia, they give $20 billion for infrastructure loan and so forth. Let's not talk about Angola and Mozambique and other countries. Uh-huh. And also in Djibouti and so forth. Right. So there's uh, that competition, but uh, it's good for Africa. Because we have more options, mm-hmm. uh, whoever comes, we welcome. Because mm-hmm. we would like to develop fast, but also we have to look after our own interest. Mm-hmm. But um, I hope we don't get um, destroyed in between these uh, big, powerful uh, economies. Right. Yeah. Uh, the new government is providing a lot of hope for the people. The refugees uh, in the neighboring countries are also kind of celebrating. This is a, a return to peace. Um, Somalia has been very peaceful, actually. I don't know why. We don't have a civil war like South Sudan. Mm-hmm. We are dealing with a small group called Al-Shabaab, which is a terror group, and they're committing some suicide bombing now and then. It happens everywhere else in the world. But Somalia today, for the last 10, we don't have any civil war. Well, didn't, didn't the rebels also say, with the new president, yeah, we will now lay down on... Yes, their uh, top leaders, they say, we will join the new government. Uh, two days ago, they released 200 prisoners. So there is a window of opportunity. But that we will all depend on mm-hmm. how the international community come to support this new government. Yeah, And uh, the Somali mood is uh, people are ready for peace and uh, corrupt leaders are gone. So, But he has still a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. It's not easy. Well, the thing that interests me the most about Somalia is this fake news, this this portrayal of, of a country that's constantly at war, but in fact it is it has received carpet bombing. It has been uh, attacked by the neighboring countries and the other countries, even the, the UN, the United States, turns a blind eye, looks elsewhere, and blames them for, you know, well, we, Black Hawk Down and all sorts of just, you know, nasty news. Well, the media, yes, you're right. And, and one of the reasons why our president won is also because thanks to the social media, Mm-hmm. And I think also that helped Donald Trump. So a lot of people are staying away from the mainstream media because right. they don't uh, represent the facts accordingly. Uh, yes, Somalia, um, if you look at the economy of Somalia, a country that they say is chaotic, is a failed state, our economy has been growing 3% every year without support from outside. Mm-hmm. Somali people who left the country when back to country and invested in the country. Uh, we have uh, over one million uh, Somalis living in the diaspora who are sending money to, to the country, over $2 billion, which is more than any aid that we receive. Uh, we have uh, relaxed... These are Somalians living overseas, overseas that are sending, repatriating to, money back. To their families, yes. 
we have uh, one of the uh, best telecommunication in the developing countries. Yeah, it's well heard, documented. Yeah, it's it's famous because yes, they couldn't yeah. have landlines. Yeah. They couldn't have landlines, so everybody's got the cell phone, and everybody. you don't use cash. No, it's a, we are a cashless society. I don't even know how people use I was there in May, and you take a taxi, you push button your cell phone, and you pay it. The hotel, the restaurant, you don't see any cash. So highly advanced, and all done by the Somalis themselves. Uh -huh. Somalis are highly entrepreneurial. Uh, the banking system is working very well, telecommunication, uh, livestock. We are the largest livestock export in the world. Five million animals every year uh, to, to, to the Middle East. And that's a half of what Australia exports. Wow. So we have a very yeah. rich country, and uh, we can develop our country quickly if the international community uh, does not involve heavily in manipulating even the election. There was mm -hmm. a lot why we selected this new elected new president. It was too many foreign interference mm -hmm. on the Somali and the Somali parliament and people were so fed up, were so open that these countries were bringing cash to support their guy. Mm -hmm. But uh, people chose the right guy this time. And it shows that the Somali people are ready for peace. So, can, can, can I ask a question? If I know that it's completely ridiculous that anyone in the, uh. the Japanese government would be watching, but if they were, uh. and they had an, something to say uh. to Mr. Abe, yeah. what is the message to Mr. Abe? Well, I, I can tell you the Japanese uh, officials that I know, they're highly interested in Somalia. They know the country's potential. They know the country's strategic location, right. uh, but they are wait and see mm -hmm. game. Um, uh, but they're highly, highly interesting, and I, I know that for a fact. Uh, now, of course, they have a base in Djibouti. Djibouti is, we used to be a small city of Somalia that became independent in 1977. Arid land, there's no agriculture, there's nothing in that uh, region. Uh, but Somalia, with the fish, with the oil, with the gas, agriculture and so forth, they're highly interested in. But I, I think they're waiting to see uh, how uh, we Somalis, it has to come from us Somalis actually, to show international community that we are stable enough, you can come in and invest our country and so right. forth. And it will happen soon. Mm -hmm. One other issue I'd like to touch upon is the uh, nuclear waste that continues to wash up on the shores there. What in the heck is going on there? Nobody has been reporting about that, but it's like it's just a trash dump for the, the people who are supposed to be taking nuclear waste and recycling it or, or burying it someplace else. They just take it to the most unprotected shoreline and they dump it there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this has been going on since uh, the collapse of Somali central government in 1990. Uh, these are well documented. The UN knows, the international community knows but they turn a blind eye on it. And we tried uh, many years ago to bring up this issue and say this is a serious matter. But they were saying, where's the evidence? Mm -hmm. yeah, because these massive containers were sitting uh, on the bottom, the sea, of, the on the bottom of the sea. Right. But thanks to the tsunami in 2004, Christmas, that tsunami reached all the way to Somali coastal area, it destroyed a lot of houses, and it brought up this and then we invited the UN, UNEP. They were there for two days. They say, and they got, bad they got and out. They got out, yes. Uh -huh. And it's still, there's no one cleaning. And that is actually uh, what caused the Somali so called pirates attack tankers, oil, 
tankers and chemical tankers and cargoes and so forth. Before they used to capture illegal fishing, but mm -hmm. that was any boat passing Somali territorial sea must be carrying nuclear waste. That was an excuse also for many people to do. Uh huh. Yeah. And that has been somewhat resolved. Uh, no, not resolved. Um, because um, it's still nobody occurring. wants to actually uh, take responsibility. Of mm -hmm. it, yeah. So still those are there, but illegal fishing today is worse than it was before. We'd like to keep you on the show. Please come back again. We're going to continue to follow this. Please stay tuned.